Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. Well, when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. <laughs> Welcome along to the GAR on a Thursday with myself and Connor and Conan. The big news here, lads, is that Slocknail are out of the Derry Senior Football Championship, going for five in a row. Conan, you're our Derry Club uh, <laughs> uh, correspondent. correspondent. Give us a lowdown on this. I can see Liam McGoldrick, point deep in injury time, yeah. break Slocknail hearts. Full back, Liam McGoldrick. Full back? Full yeah. Back. Cursing himself as well for missing the chance earlier. He's very, very mobile. Like, he would have played for Derry a few times and he bomb up the pitch like from full back and if anybody drops he's going to punish you sort of thing but right. um, yeah it sounded dramatic Sock Neil went six points up six Co- nil up yeah Coleraine just dra- dragged himself back into the game by all accounts I haven't seen any highlights or anything yet but by all accounts it was a, a clinker of a match um, you know, both teams a lot of respect for each other sort of going at it both teams they're both sort of attacking teams by nature anyway Coleraine always known for goals like they always just go for goals and goals and goals and they always say that they would go for a point if the goal wasn't on sort of thing but um, yeah it's great to see and like they they're the last team they wanted outside of Ballandary and Stockneil so Ballandary did three in a row Stockneil matched the record which is four in a row by Balahi back in the 70s right so Stockneil were going for the out and out record yeah. it's mad the way these records are hard to get and then Coleraine have come along and knocked them off their perch knocked them off their perch Colin McGoldrick scored 1-5 Liam McGoldrick got the winning point as we just mentioned Sean Leo is there McGoldrick as a lot of us would know Barry McGoldrick and Kira McGoldrick there's five McGoldrick brothers and their father's the manager the father's been the manager since <laughs> 2002 that's, that's what club football's yeah. all about lads <laughs> so this is I think his 16th or 17th year for Sean McGoldrick in charge of Coleraine and like they all love him he's like 
absolute gentleman. Like, if you talk about Owen Rue, the club, he is the one that comes to mind. I took a 16s team up to Coleraine one time, and he's managing the under 16s at the same time. And right. Everything is sort of done in his image, and like, it's a great image to have. Like, um, the ultimate club, man. I'm going to root for Coleraine here oh, for, yeah. for the rest of it. Are they a light club in Derry? Oh yeah, they are, they're so them. they're so pure. Like and they're sort of out in their own a little bit. Like is like Coleraine. There's a lot of unionist areas up around there, and oh, like so this this club takes in like Port Stewart and fighting against area. all those odds. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, like this could be the new Slapnail because we all loved Slapnail when we. I didn't know about Slapnail until they started winning, and yeah. then we get learn all about their club and like I mean, going hurling and football, and all the young children are learning Irish, and it's just pure. GA club so like maybe yeah. there's more stories like that in Derry and Coleraine big hurlers as well they joined the Antrim League yeah, here a few we go. years ago here and we yeah go. like they're playing intermediate this year um, hurling in Derry at, like so them and Stock and Eels sort of both going out that's why the game was fixed for this Wednesday night it was supposed to be last week but both of them had hurling commitments so they right. agreed um, yeah a great club they've only won it once before 2010 but they'd probably be favourites now like it's, it's wide open because Ball and Derry are out too so they're playing Ball on the Screen on Sunday and Glenn and Lavi are playing before that as well so the Derry Championship is blown wide open yeah. it's blown wide open right well to move on from that um, in the, I'm calling this the least surprising news of the day is Rory Gallagher and Turlock O'Brien are against the new football proposals so Rory Gallagher is against very much the rest, against the restriction of the hand pass because let's be honest it blows his game plan wide yeah. open anybody that's in competitive sport is in it because they want to be as competitive as they can they shouldn't be penalised if they want to retain possession see this is the thing maybe the B Championship will actually solve that so you can be as competitive as you can without going to those lengths of defensive football against the be- you know teams that are mm. better than you maybe that's the obviously the fix he says if you're going to if you're going to lead to mo- it's going to lead to more kicking the ball which will lead to more collisions and more physicality and more one-on-one battles how good does that sound I, I, don't, yeah, I don't think Rory meant to say that that's a brilliant game he's just selling this right to the whole country yeah. he said it's a 15 man sport that can be played anyway it doesn't necessarily have to be one-on-one battles if you're forced to kick the ball as regularly as that I think it will reward physically more powerful and bigger players I disagree there's not a harder player to mark than a corner forward that's mm. out in front all the time like I mean that's going to benefit them to get out in front if anything too many bodies around and hands getting on the little fella like look at Tomas Corrigan can't make the Fermanagh yeah. team <laughs> so Rory I, I, I absolutely don't agree with that that's scaremongering the defensive systems are doing away with the nippy corner forward because you have to have some sort of size to be able to handle yourself in there maybe the two Quigleys will make the team <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do, like it's funny I I do think that the hand pass thing was being used to get around them so in a way I thought he wouldn't be too upset by it you know teams were hand passing because they had so many men back but rather than me and you talking about it I'd like to get Connor in on the act yeah see again you're (laughs) thinking of the defensive side when He's but thinking of his att- He'll have no attacking game With these yeah. new rules Don't know what I can add I thoroughly enjoyed The year uh, back and forth In the office Particularly yesterday Before we <laughs> even started On the podcast You have to Look where Rory Gallagher Is coming from And I think As you said Turlock O'Brien as well They flourish with a game plan That's not going to be Conducive yeah. to these rules But Rory unfortunately Did the worst job Of voicing his opposition To the rules Because he just described The best game ever <laughs> um, Collisions One on one battles Man to man Kicking the ball I think like Everybody in reaction To these rules Has come up with something that uh, it's their personal reaction to it as, as opposed to their reaction as a whole so Rory Gallagher and Turlock O'Brien are thinking how is this going to affect Fermanagh how is this going to affect Carlo everyone else he mentioned in the podcast yesterday people are thinking this is anti-Dublin and other people are like oh yeah. this is pro-Dublin but the thing is like these measures were not brought in to you know to counteract anyone's style of play they're brought in to 
influence the game trying in a positive to improve manner. the game yeah, yeah. And, and encourage attacking but you can't blame them for looking after their own interests either no, no absolutely not and sometimes I wonder what's the point in even asking them and I think mm. actually whoever was talking about Rory Gallagher I think Turlock O'Brien was on Sky um you kind of know why you're ringing them because you know they're going to give oh, out yeah, about it because yeah. like let's be honest and I take Tarlock O'Brien some of what like he says these are aggressive I think the people making the rules oh no okay that's nonsense what he did say was that playing them during the league is really unfortunate because the league is really important competition mm. to them they've got up to division 3 and let's be honest these new rules blow Carlo's game plan out of the, like they might as well trade in Stephen Poacher for a coach yeah. that knows how to coach attack of football so from that point of view I can completely see where Tarlock is coming from in that everything they've worked for in the last two years now has been ripped up and now they're landing division 3 and mm. the way you know they could yeah. be sitting ducks but, like, and he's, he, but he's a manager as well but so yeah, every, and every other team in division 3 is starting from scratch as well because let's be honest everyone's playing that uh, Carlo are an extreme example but like I mean the majority of teams are playing that get bodies back behind yeah. the ball yeah. game plan so yeah. all, they all have to start from scratch but he is like, he, he's a manager who's thinking about it like you know this is taking things out of my hands now you know I know you'll say he has to adapt and play a, a different way but he had a nice quote saying they're telling you you have to play a certain way and it's that simple 1940s catch and kick see, wear I your flat see cap that, like, that was a nice quote no I, I didn't I didn't like it but he I, should be allowed to do what he wants you know that's what well, he's thinking well he can within the new rules like, yeah, I but mean, a new game sort of thing, essentially. Like there'll be a whole new, there'll be a whole new set of uh, tactics and game plans that will be that will be. Made. So you're going to be forced to think of attacking game plans rather than defensive ones, and I think that's there's nothing wrong with that. That's but what I, fans want I, to see. Yeah, but, but I think, but I thought it was a cheap shot to say 1940s catch and kick. I played in the late 90s, early 2000s. Right, there was no 1940s catch and kick like, then. No, let me finish. There was none of that bullshit. That's 1940s. So that's I hate that. And I hate the way they try to wrestle it to, to the 1970s and 80s. And we've seen those games on TG4 and or on TG Catter, and they're terrible as well. Mm. They're slow, and there is too much aimless kicking. The modern player is more sophisticated than that. So you're beyond your t- fourth hand pass. You get it. You're not going to just launch it down the field. Like I mean, there'll be enough forwards, thankfully, up the other end that you give a nice ball in front of the half forward line. He could lay it off to a runner, and then you're through on goals. Or a, like I mean, the yeah. idea that lads are just going to launch it. Sure, it's scaremongering mm. of the highest yeah, order yeah but you're but you're probably 1990s like this is almost 2020 like the game has naturally evolved and they are sophisticated and they play a different way and like Turlock O'Brien as but you said using too much hand passing that's the point but, but to, in your view but like people who are playing now and managing now think that that's okay managing now because they, they'll, they'll yeah. adopt any tactics to try and win a game supporters are, are not going to games the tendencies are down anyone I speak to Conan and I don't know what it's like from where you are Gaelic football is shite now is what they say so like I mean it's not but just me but the reaction to these rules as well though like there but has been a big is, they're the same reaction yeah. to the mark the yeah. same reaction to everything like I people, people saying Gaelic football is shit there's still loads going there's still loads watching there's still loads playing dropping, more than ever dropping now they're dropping and you I'll, I'll even talk to club players and they don't enjoy it full forwards don't enjoy it Tomás Corrigan yeah. doesn't enjoy it the no. enjoyment is gone from an attacking sense and this has taken that back a little bit I don't think there can be anybody more objective than me looking at this because I've no skin in the game I love the game I find it incredibly shit to watch these days and I'd love to see more catching and kicking which I think are the most skillful parts of the game but you played in a different era maybe that that's that, oh, that maybe nice influences you a little bit like, really, and a good I, era too because I look back at the Leinster final in 2004 
And I think, my God, how slow and ponderous was that and how bad was the marking? And I don't look back on that thinking, my God, that was fantastic. I look back on that and think, look how much better it is now. But I just want to see be- more. Because the game has come to such an advanced stage that it requires these rule changes to be... I think that's, I think that's what the Rules Committee are getting at. That like, Because the game has come on so much in terms of fitness, in terms of the conditioning of the players, that to facilitate an attractive game now... It, it was easy to do it back then because they, the game had the game was at a certain level and the players hadn't reached that level. Whereas now, because they are so fit and so conditioned, that you have to you have to come up with these rules changes to facilitate something. But like I, I do, I do, I do sympathise where Terrell O'Brien is coming from. I'd just be interested to know whether himself and Rory Gallagher, if they were asked, and you, you can't do this because they are managing at the moment. But if they were to give their comments on the rules as a fan, I think they'd be different to what they are as a manager. I think so. Now, obviously, they'll use the excuse Maybe. and say Carlo fans don't care. But again, like, I mean, when you look at it, they won't care because they're getting competitive. But after a couple of years, you will. Like, you see in Donegal, like, I mean, that was unbelievable, the one in All-Ireland. But then, like, there's a lot of people complaining even within Donegal at the time. Like, Jesus, hard to watch stuff. But you'll give that a pass at the start. Because, like, imagine being not competitive. Suddenly you're competitive. That's not, you can't give an objective view. Like, supporters of those teams can't give an objective view either. This is sort of where it comes back to the the Donegal thing at the time. People were questioning whether they should care about entertainment. And it's it's sort of almost getting back to that now where you're saying he'll be forced to think of an attacking game plan. But he's a manager and he's thinking, I should be allowed to think of a defensive game plan. You know, because every other sport in the world will allow you to be defensive, but this one won't. It will. You can still use your midfielders as sweepers. It's going to be tough now, though, when you're forced to have six up. Like, you know, where. Yeah, so two half forwards can drop to the midfielders and the midfielders can drop in the sweeper role. You can still be defensive. You just can't be so brain dead defensive that you're bringing all your players back. And that that has to be a brilliant thing. Yeah, like, I think, (laughs) I don't want to see that, but I'm just saying, like, you know, in most other. Events you're allowed to sort of do this sort of thing, and as a manager, he's looking at that going, Why can't I well, do you're this? Not, well, like, they, say, for example, before the offside came in soccer. So, like, if that was a GA rule to be like, What the hell is the meaning of this? This is bullshit. Yeah. So, you're mind to tell me they but can that move. That was a tweet no, that wasn't mean, telling people you mean how to tell play. me. You mean to tell me their defense can move right up to the halfway line and we can't yeah. move in front? That's bullshit. Sure, of course <laughs> it would. It'd be the same thing because it's a big change in a game. But look how it improves it. D- don't be scared of these things. That's the point <laughs> I make, Connor. Don't be scared. I know you're scared right now. <laughs> Just don't be scared. I'll, look, I will, we'll, we'll get you through this. It's choppy waters right now, and we're out to the other side of it. You were Everything. fine with the mark last year. You came around to that eventually. Yeah, take your flat cap off, will you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anthony Marlads is retired. And, like, I mean, solid, big, uh, good midfielder. But it wasn't just the news that uh, Anthony Marr retired. Kieran Donaghy obviously retired. Donica Walsh retired. So there's a real changing of the guard down in Kerry. And I was just reading a piece that Marr's retirement means that just Darren O'Sullivan and Killian Young have more than one dollar medal in the Kerry dressing room. So, like, I mean, Jeez. just far gone how... Like, I mean, and that 2014 All-Ireland winning team, that wasn't a hugely fancy team. We no. talked about that before. Like, a lot of all Paul Geaney, James O'Donoghue, all Peter Crowley, all that age group would have been beaten well in under-21 finals by Cork. You know, now, not, they're obviously brilliant, brilliant players, but, like, I mean, it wasn't, an, it wasn't an era of players kind of coming through going, Jesus, wait till these lads come through. Yeah. It was more like they turned into brilliant players. So, like, I mean... This really is when people talk about Kerry and give him two or three years, you might need to give him four or five years before these nineteen, twenty year olds are to twenty five you know, twenty five yeah. year olds and yeah. proper proper yeah. men that can take Dublin on in Croke Park. Definitely. My first thought was like, uh, oh, only uh, 
Killian Young and Darren O'Sullivan and more than one All Ireland medal. God love them. <laughs> what are we doing now for players <laughs> with just more than more, more than one All Ireland medal? But uh, I suppose like um, the, the new leaders, I think, in the Kerry team, it started to emerge anyway. But like that's going to have to be fast track. Fast track now. They have no other choice. They're just going to have to step up. And like we we've constantly talked for years about the 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 Kerry minor teams. You know, the four in a row and uh, like the talent that's uh, like inevitably going to come through. But like I think Kerry have, have Kerry have been held up because of because Kerry have won four minors all five minors in a row they've been held up as like oh if anyone's going to stop Dublin's dominance it's going to be Kerry but as you said is that going to happen in the next two or three years yeah. when you look at kind of the age profile and when they you need look to at, be 25, 26 they yeah. do they need to be men yeah. and if the first year minors are 25, 26 yeah. and 26, 25, 24, 23, 22 yeah. that's a team that's that it. could potentially but right now that's it's all, all on James Horan well. <laughs> <laughs> all on James Horan that's an interesting like change of culture there though just O'Sullivan and Young now like I remember interviewing Darren O'Sullivan a few years ago and was it he won his fifth maybe it was his fourth or fifth at the time 2014 and he was saying yeah but you walk down the street in Kerry and everybody has five All-Irelands and you know, everybody in that team had loads and you're always just thinking about the next one now they've got a whole squad who've only mm. most of them only tasted one or yeah. none which is real change for Kerry so it's going to be interesting to see how that affects them it is it's nearly back to back to the 90s there's some interesting GPA data stuff on the Irish Times Eamon Donoghue whose pieces every week are absolutely essential reading as far as I'm concerned because I love a stat and he's the stats man in the Irish Times and puts a lot of work into them but he's talking about GPS data now and I was wondering what angle to take on this because like I mean he's used Kevin Feely I don't think all names could be uh, actually released so like I mean he's released some of the names so in the championship match this year Kevin Feely covered 11.79 kilometres his total sprinting distance that's running at a high intensity was 1,854 metres he had a maximum speed of 8.5 metres per second and made a remarkable 106 overall sprints that's beyond belief so they're counting sprints anything faster than 16 uh, kilometres per hour so according to the studies carried out by Edlone Institute of Technology the average distance covered by an intercounty footballer is 9.22 kilometres the average sprinting distance is 1,731 metres that's a lot of sprinting lads that's a Mm. lot of sprinting and players on average are making 44 sprints and hitting a max speed of 8.41 metres per second so like I mean Kevin Feely did 106 sprints and the average is 44 like which is beyond belief like and it's just like i mean uh ronan mcrory who's the senior vice president for catapult sports and they provide these uh gps so he's talking about ga championship distances per minute would normally be higher than any in the champ any team in the champions league we find that ga teams would rank up there if not exceed any other team sport maybe barring Australian rules football and the ball typically does more work in hurling than Gaelic football but the gap is actually closing even in hurling now because the half forward lines and midfielders are becoming much more not just stand in your position Um, but that's interesting I've always said this that Gaelic to fitness levels for Gaelic football because you never really get the only time you get to stop is like a free kick on your team mm. because or else even during that some fella could be running over and back to field and not you know what I mean yeah. sometimes no for kick outs now or anything like they're out the, the kick outs are out and that's yeah. something that definitely wasn't in my time you could mm. get a breather at a kick out even though someone could be moving but now there's no breath mm. I remember the big change for that came to 2013 all final between Dublin and Mayo Dublin and Mayo 
I'd never seen anything like this that these First restarts is crazy. Yeah, it was the fastest yeah. football I'd ever seen in my life and I was looking down because I'd know Alan Dillon well saying Jesus Dillon will never keep this up he was constantly yeah. running over and back to 45 but that was the first game that I saw where the restarts had just had that game never really stopped yeah. it was incredible but like that's it you just don't want to brag because this is a GA podcast but like Gaelic football outside of Australian <laughs> yeah. rules you, you have to be fittest for it and it's amateur yeah. and you're trying to get those fitness levels outside of your working hours and this is where we're seeing in this ESRI report how many hours 30 extra hours on top of your 40 hours <laughs> yeah. work like I mean and that's it you it's just unbelievable stuff. Just to, sorry, Conor, but just to put that into context, Kevin Feely did 106 sprints in a game. Man United players between them made 59 sprints against yeah. West Ham. Between <laughs> them. Between them. Uh, exactly. well, like it was, now it was maybe their maybe their criteria for a sprint might uh, be different. We don't know, possibly, but, it, but even even still, 15. That's yeah. like that's nearly double it, and that's sure, for like, 11 players. Yeah. Now they were the lowest in the Premier League by a mile. Liverpool did 150, but Kevin Feely's nearly coming close to that in his own in 70 minutes, as opposed to Liverpool a real whose intensity is you know talked up. Yeah. So much, do you know what I mean? And Kevin Feely's nearly doing that himself. But that it's the intensity that impresses me the most because um while the figure of like kind of nine, ten K that isn't that is impressive on its own, but like because because there are no breaks in Gaelic football, you're yeah. you're kinda even if you're just kind of wandering around, you're probably gonna reach a figure like that. But if you put up hundred and six sprints, that's uh, like the, the what what stands out to me when I hear these stats is the efficiency of them. Do you know what I mean? Like uh so Kevin Kevin Feely doing hundred and six sprints and sprinting for that amount of time. Like I remember going back to soccer I got to see Messi once in the flesh and I'd say he moved about 3k during the whole game yeah. oh he walks but, when he, but then goes but when yeah. he is involved that's it soccer and rugby like they're probably the most comparable feed sports apart from Australian rules but they're about short bursts of intensity for a short period of time the rest of the time is kind of picking your moment yeah. whereas Gaelic is just full on or Gaelic football and hurling are just full on all the time Yeah. so like uh, like a couple of years ago there was these possibly well exaggerated figures of Jim O'Connor clocking 15k in an All-Ireland semi-final against Dublin I'm not sure if that uh, I'd, I'd say that's a bit off just looking at Kevin Feely's numbers but that it just it, it kind of we talked about the 2004 Leinster final later on I doubt people were knocking up 106 sprints in 70 minutes no, back then no definitely not it's just the intensity was a lot lower back then but mm. then again like I mean there was absolute complete zero we thought it was intense but obviously just taken on to a new level um, Garod McInerney in hurling and I don't think Garod McInerney is probably the best example in hurling because he's your traditional centre back mm. who might hold the middle a lot mm. you know so he's not probably going to cover the ground I'd like to see maybe Keane Lynch Tom Morrissey one of the Limerick mm. half forwards you know they cover an awful lot of ground but he he covered 8.7 kilometres in one game and 9.6 in another hit a maximum speed of 8.51 metres per second and made 42 sprints. Um, so, like, I mean, he's he's a pretty impressive player, but I don't think total distance covered would be a good one for him. But that's not and it, that's not what managers are looking for. So, according to this Ronan McRory, like, your strength and conditioning manager might want to see your total distance covered, but your manager might not be as interested in that what your manager is often interested in is your high intensity runs and how you're able to maintain those so your high intensity runs are they falling off or are you maintaining them right through to 70 minutes or do you need extra work and like I've been told Dublin received this data uh, during the game do you know what I mean whether they can during the game yeah I've been told that now again I don't want to throw that out there because obviously you you don't ever hear any confirmation but you can get this live data his stats are his GPS is dropping right and that will influence your decision whether to take that that was the most high profile one last year Colin Boyle kept getting taken off around 45 minutes even though he looked like he was playing well yeah 
Like, how often is the ball played? Like, it's about forty minutes, isn't it, or something like that? So yeah, if you it's only half. One hundred and six sprints from that. That's from Feely. That's two point five sprints a minute. That that's nonstop. Like. Well, he'd no, he'd be making sprints before the kick out comes. Do you get yeah, me from yeah. a midfielder? So yeah. it might not Even be seventy a, minutes. One point five. Yeah, it's still a lot of bloody sprints yeah. from Feely, which you wouldn't really. I often in my head, I feel he kind of a man that commands that middle of the field. You don't have him as yeah. a man that's doing yeah. that many sprints. Uh, this was obviously just one game. Maybe he was trying to impress Keenan here or something. <laughs> that's the most like again to talk about how great the GA is. But like he's sprinting around, so he has to be fit, he has to be fast. But he's also powerful. He has to be strong. You know, to win the ball, in has there, to get up there, take yeah. a pass man with power. Like so, he has yeah. to be all all their work never mind just be fit and running around yeah I'd love to see Fenton's stats obviously you'd never get Dublin's I'd love to see Kilkenny's stats you'd love to see any of the Dublin's and yeah. one thing jeez uh, I'd love see in the Premier League right so they they track the, the Premier League track the GPS themselves so they have all that that technology in all the stadiums that the Premier League mm. has put it in there so it's not individual teams that need to release that so when Sky say Gary Neville the best one of the best pieces of analysis with Gary Neville was Suarez so Gary Neville was talking about how Suarez a bit like Messi he had the least distance covered but he had the most high intensity runs and yeah. after the high intensity runs he made so many things came up so in Monday Night Football he was able to base a brilliant piece of analysis off just the GPS information Sorry, he had yeah. like we we don't have that in GEA yeah. you know so your hands are tied like the GEA for me should put in that that technology in Croke Park and release that technology it would really help I think you know what I mean and that's not then Dublin can't complain Mayo can't complain yeah. Kerry this is the GEA's information yeah. and a protection like, of information though Kerry don't want you knowing how they don't, you know, they'd never give it out yeah, they'd never course, give it yeah. out but like I mean the, uh, no, none of the Premier League teams complain that their, yeah, their stats are out there and that's it you know what I mean they're yeah. just there and pundits can use them and it just adds to the product I think and adds to the level of analysis but then again in the GEA we have no analysis shows do we <laughs> on telly so like, <laughs> at the end there's no point in it. they don't even have we're not losing out anything because there wasn't one bloody GA yeah. show all this yeah. summer but Lee Keegan to begin with a sprint for when he threw his GPS at uh, D-Rock <laughs> <laughs> well it would have moved pretty fast yeah maybe not a long enough distance but anyways we'll come back and we're going to talk to Paul Canurk I'd never be allowed to go off in eight and hit a shite like him and you know, a slob or whatever like I was always doing a bit All I remember is I thought I was going to get clobbered in the way in there I threw the ball up in there I don't know it was, it was pure luck no in fairness pure luck I would fucking bullshit as you see yourselves all right, delighted to say Paul Connor joins us on the line now. Paul, this is about a two-year search I've had to try and get you on the show, so I finally got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I try and keep the head down, Colin. Uh, the players hear enough and see enough of me, so I'm happy enough to yeah, keep the head down in between that time. Yeah. So this is actually an interesting interview in that you're the coach of both Clare and Limerick winning the All-Irelands in 2013 and this year you're a football man so you're fitting perfectly in now that we've com- combined the two podcasts together into football and hurling. So it's an interesting that your your main background is football even though you're such a renowned hurling coach. Uh, yeah, look, I suppose uh, probably <clears throat> growing up along I probably would have done both together football and hurling and then maybe uh, when I got just past minor, would have probably specialised then in in football for uh, you know for the next few years, and uh, I suppose it was just nearly by chance that uh, I got involved in in hurling coaching uh, through my association with 
uh, former Clare hurler Sean Starkey was involved there with Six Mile Bridge uh, when I was teaching and I was, I was injured so kind of started started from there but uh, you know I would have had an interest in coaching having the PE background and that and you know I still would have played hurling up with, uh, you know up to minor I would say with, with, with the county and then I would have played senior with, the, with my club Mount Lane so um, it wasn't, you know, that I was com- coming completely in out of the, you know, with no background in hurling. It's just football. I definitely would have probably taken uh, first preference up along, you know. Ah, okay. So you had you had minor county hurling background because I was wondering how the hurling snobs would have accepted you if you had no hurling background. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'd be a bit like me on this podcast trying to talk and people just uh, not listening to a thing that you say. Um, so, so that was it. So then you got in with Six Mile Bridge and then obviously did well with them and got in with the Clare Miners and you got on the Clare kind of roller coaster ride then with the under 21s three in a row and then a senior All-Ireland Yeah so yeah it just so happened I look I had probably a spate of injuries there between 21 and 24 and just fell into the coaching through that and um, yeah around I think 2000, 2010 I was coming back from uh, coming back from injury and uh, uh, I was back on the Limerick football panel then at that stage and uh I probably had to, you know, I was 25 at that stage and I had a decision probably to make whether I could, you know, concentrate on, on, on the football slowly or, or, or the coaching side of things. Uh, but thankfully, I'd, you know, the manager at the time, Morris Horn, was uh, uh, very facilitating uh, towards it and uh, we just, you know, it worked from there and, you know, it was, uh, yeah, as things went, you know, he it was, it, it got involved with a, with a really special group and it was uh, tough to leave it so you know, I just managed I suppose football and uh, and coaching for those few years up to 2013 or 14 So I was reading if Morris had given you an ultimatum back then when you were 25 listen you don't have time to do both you were going to you were going to concentrate on your inter-county football career and the hurling was there the hurling might never have happened Yeah I saw he tweeted that this week um, <laughs> Yeah, so there's a bit of crack with that, but yeah, yeah, no, the, that was yeah, it's a fair, uh, it's a fair summary. I, I wasn't prepared to, to, you know, to to pack in my playing days at, at 25 anyway. No. Uh, do you know, but uh, yeah, just you know the way things worked and it's good people around me that's, uh, that, that's uh, you know helps uh, helps in the journey. So had you done any any coaching then? So you wouldn't really, like, I mean, you're a PE teacher, so that would have been your involvement in, you know, kind of group sessions and stuff before the Six Mile Bridge thing and the Hurlers. The Hurlers was your first kind of experiment yeah. with coaching. I'd say, yeah, exactly, yeah. So it was, uh, we were kind of going in, I suppose, experimenting and uh, really, you know, green into the whole thing. Uh, but you know, I would have had great exposure to, you know, to, to good coaches up along uh that uh, definitely would have helped form my, I suppose, philosophy, if you like, and uh, and also having the P background is, uh, you know, a really good uh, stepping stone and insight from you know the pedagogical learning side of things. So you know, I'd uh, so I definitely had some uh, some good help, I suppose, going into it. Even though I'm just you were doing back then, but uh, it nearly cringes uh, at thinking of it now. You know, ten years later, so. 
you know oh, yeah. that's all part of it isn't it it's evolving and changing all the time so this is the thing and I find it interesting so because there's a lot of confusion <coughs> I often find within the GEA about coaching and about management and about a trainer mm. and about a strength and conditioning coach <laughs> so, sometimes it's all jumbled in together and like I mean yeah. for me the main model in GEA is you have your manager then you have a physical trainer and the physical trainer might cross between getting you fit and sticking out a few bollards and a few kicking drills and this kind of thing and actually having defined coaches is just something that's new that's coming into the game would that be fair? Yeah, that's, yeah it's probably it's probably fair it's not something no, I'm probably given a huge amount of thought too but uh, I think what you probably have now Colm is uh, you know, it's, it's a much more integrated approach than than what it might have been, uh, you know, previously. Uh, I think your components of you know fitness, skill, um, you know, tactics are are now becoming you know more of a, a combined effort, and and they have to be with 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 the time that you're limited with um, players at the moment. So. Uh, obviously, in your in your professional setups such as soccer and and rugby, they they obviously have the um, have the freedom to to juggle it a bit a bit easier and, and maybe separate those components. Um, but I, I, from a GA perspective, I think that the, the model anyway at the moment is probably that you have a more integrated approach where and um, where those those components are uh, are merged. Right. Okay. So your your coaching is called like you've a game based coaching style. So would you be able to explain that a little bit? <laughs> yeah. So I suppose look in very very simple terms, it's probably um, the use and design of activities where where players have uh, have opposition and and have to make decisions. Um, you know, and where your Designing particular activities that uh, that are, are going to pose tactical problems, uh, and within that, you probably have the your development of fitness and and your development of skill uh, as uh, as being included within that within that process. Okay, so like we'll design so based on what tactical issues that are are going on within the team, you'll you'll be able to design drills to be able to practice this and talk these things through. Is that is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think uh, I think it's 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 probably you know each team probably has their their, their principles or, or their game plan, and and then you have the the opposition uh, game plan and the opposition principles that you take into effect uh, or take into account, and uh, that's that's probably all um, included in in the in the design process, you know, uh, along with obviously you know. The, the rest of the management team and uh, and, and and their thoughts uh, within it as well. So I think that's they're probably the main factors that you, that you, that you look at. Okay, so so like does John Kiley go to you at the start of the year and say this is the way I want to play, um, and then you have to work with what he wants, or is this a kind of a, a, a group decision based on you know all of your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's very much a group decision, Colin. Uh, I think you've got, you know, we're very lucky in our management team to have. Uh, really good guys and you know like that goes from you know John to Shawnee O'Donnell our, our video man who's, who's brilliant at what he does and, and then to our selectors you know John, Brian, Alan, Jimmy and Joe as well so and the, and the players are included in it as well I mean you, you can't I, I don't think uh, I don't think you can design uh, a plan or design a process without the, the most in, in important uh 
people within that process being being included in it in the decision making. So I think it, it's it all factors around that. And I think you know m- most coaching setups, uh, most management teams this day probably operate with a with a, with a similar uh, philosophy. I'd imagine. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just actually because tri- I remember Kyle Hayes said something to me after the All Ireland, and it's always something when you watch Limerick and their half forward line. Like I mean, they drop, but they don't drop far enough that they're not a they're not kind of a threat you know so the half back line we talk about it on the podcast all the time the, the opposition half back line has a decision to make and usually they get sucked out because they're never going f- too far like what Kyle says we always try to ha- to be in an area where we could p- potentially score from so I remember against Clare in the championship Clare kept their their defenders kind of back and kind of messed up your game plan a little bit in Ennis and I'm just wondering was it after that game you started maybe telling them not to go too far or you know is this are these conversations that are had um, I think I think when it, you're, you're going to come up against a, a number of teams where you you know throughout the year where you're not going to be able to execute maybe your, your plan uh, as efficiently and effectively as you'd like um, I would say you know that day that's player absolutely um, you know bossed us in, the num- in, in a number of departments you know it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just one uh, tactical issue but yeah. uh, it's, 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 it's something of course look you, you, you reflect on after games the level of analysis that, that goes into it now is, is at an all time high so I think there's probably a number of different factors that you that you probably look at it's not just one anyway Right, so like I mean, as part of the Limerick management team, you're obviously down on the sideline as well, and you get animate a little bit animated uh, from time to time as well. Like I mean, are you are, have you input into substitutions? Like, would you be coach selector? I'm just wondering what like what your full title is. Yeah, well, yeah, I suppose coach selector is probably the title. Uh, I think you know most of our, as I said, there's uh, really a joint effort in our in our management team. Um, so I think everyone, you know, that's 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 there probably as selection duties and that. But uh, yeah, trying to get the balance right of uh, being involved and making, um, um, I suppose, cool decisions is uh, is something that you're always still working on. You know, there's definitely times throughout the year that uh, probably was more animated than I'd like to have been. But uh, <laughs> you know. All part of the learning process, isn't it? Yeah, well, it is your own county, I suppose. Like people, I, I thought you were from Clare, to be honest, because every time I heard your name, it was associated with Clare. And uh, like, yeah. I mean, obviously Limerick. So it's fair to say it was more special that it was your own county winning in All Ireland. Look, I've uh, yeah, I suppose. I mean, it's, it's an interesting uh, dynamic for me because my my parents would be from uh, from Clare and. Uh, um, and we would have actually moved out to Clare when I was 15 from Limerick. So you know, there's a there is a dynamic there. So I'd have a huge uh, association with Clare. But obviously, you know, to to uh, to win with um, the county as well that you've uh, where your club is from, where you've gone to school all along, is is incredibly special as well. So just looking to be involved with in, in both setups, really, Colin. You know, yeah, no, definitely. Come here. You mentioned about having the time to be able to incorporate everything, so you kind of have joined up tra- training sessions where you'll do a little bit of everything in them. <coughs> but does that frustrate mm. you as a coach that you might not have that one-on-one time to improve maybe technique or skills, or do you have to wait until a Saturday or Sunday morning when you have a bit of light to be able to maybe pair off with a few lads and talk to them? On, on a more individual basis 
yeah, look, it's definitely one of the challenges at the moment. Uh, like when I say integrated, I suppose our uh, strength and conditioning coach Joe Connor would would you know very much be of the of the opinion that you know fitness can be um, achieved and uh, that those. Um, markers and criteria that he he'd look for can be achieved through the through a hurling context. So, right. we, we, so, so we would look at that. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, on a one-to-one level, it's something that uh, I'd love opportunity to do more. Uh, you try and factor it in, but you know, just given the as I say the, the time demands, it's uh, it's definitely a challenge at the moment. Yeah, I remember like I would have played inter county for a lot of years, and I played wing back always facing the play. Then I played wing forward. And then I went into the full forward line and I had serious problems getting the ball with my back to goal, turning and shooting. And I've never had mm. what, I've never had a manager or coach ever pull me aside and tell me why, <laughs> what I might be doing wrong or is my balance off. Like I think there's a serious lack of people who are, are of expertise in that kind of area or maybe some managers don't have the confidence to tell an inter-county player what they're doing wrong. Yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting point. Um, I'm sure... You know, you, you, you try and identify, uh, as a management anyway, we, we, we try and identify certain aspects that we feel that a player might be able to um, get an extra, you know, percent on. Uh, I'm sure, you know, there's, there's plenty of points that we miss as well, but uh, it's definitely an area of improvement, I'd say, within every management team, definitely including ours as well. Um, but you're right, I think the individual one-to-one coaching um, is something that could definitely um, be looked at in more detail. Uh, but again, it, it is it is the, a challenge with 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 the time that you have with a county team these days. Um, you know, it's it's two hours or whatever now in forty minutes. Uh, you know, twice a week for for trainings and yeah, and then the game at the weekend. You know. Yeah, so there's just not the time in the day. Camille, at what point during the year? There's so many similarities between the Clare All-Ireland win and the Limerick one. You know, the age profile, um, not winning the provincial, but coming kind of through under the radar towards the end. Did you kind of come across a point in the season where you're going, Jesus, this is very very similar? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, like momentum is uh, momentum is such a powerful thing in, in, in sport and uh, elite sport uh, I think in both both those circumstances with players on Ireland women and, and, and Limericks uh, they were probably common factors between both um, so I suppose look this year uh, we got we got on a run in, really from the Monster League and uh, that's uh, probably you know peaked nearly in the uh, in the league up in, uh, against Galway so you know this is like it's probably in some ways a very important moment for us that, uh, that we hadn't achieved or Limerick hadn't achieved promotion in whatever it is nine or ten years so uh, that, that was significant I think to, to do that even even if uh, even if it was just the league but uh, it definitely um, allows to bring momentum into championship I think and we kind of took it from there obviously had a uh, speed bump was with, with the clear loss but uh I, uh, I think that was might have been timely as well. Yeah, maybe maybe exactly when you needed it. Camille, you're doing a study. You've you've left uh, teaching. You're on a break from teaching to go back studying, yeah. and you're doing a PhD, and you're yeah. doing completing a study with twelve intercounty football managers and their approach to coaching. Can you tell us something about that? Yeah. So 
there's there's probably two aspects maybe to uh, to, uh, to my research. The the first is um, on investigating what's actually currently taking place at uh, inter county level in Gaelic football um, from a coaching practice point of view or a coaching pedagogy point of view. Um, so that um, that involves a, 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 a national survey of all coaches. Uh, or managers, if you like, that uh, have coaching responsibilities, and and then uh, one one part of it was uh, we, we focus in on, on twelve senior uh, intercounty coaches slash managers um, for uh, in depth interviews with them. Um, fo- the, re- the reason being uh, behind football, obviously, with my involvement in hurling, there's there's a, there's a, there's conflict of interest there. So right, right. I, I probably I, I probably wouldn't be getting uh, no. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but it's uh, yeah, it's very, it's very enjoyable, Conan. It's great to get to go and meet um, to meet these people that are, you know, extremely passionate and and knowledgeable uh, in in their area. And you know, I, it's probably something that doesn't really take place in uh, in the GA coaching community, especially as uh, as elite level, where you actually have two people from you know different counties sit down and and, and have a chat, really. And uh, be completely open about what they're doing, and uh, you know the challenges, benefits, all of that involved. So you know it's, it, that's really interesting. So yeah, that's that's the first study, if you like, and then the second one is where we're investigating then um, the effects of a, a particular approach, a, a game-based approach uh, on uh, game performance. So uh, that's your skill execution and decision making. So we're looking at that and seeing, can we, first of all, uh, try, to, trying to measure decision making and, and skill execution. That's that's one aspect of it. And then obviously there's the, there's the there, there's the learning point of view as well. Seeing you know does this particular approach enhance or disimprove uh, the player skill set and their decision making? So you know it's. Uh, very exciting and you know very lucky to be involved in it really yeah without naming any names obviously you, you won't be doing that but like I mean do you find that at inter-county level there is still the situation where you do your long distance running you don't see the ball for three months so like I mean it's not really using you obviously mentioned your strength and conditioning coach likes to incorporate everything which makes absolute sense it's mm. more efficient with time but <coughs> some inter-county setups be you won't see the ball for three months then when you see the ball you could be just doing these kind of routine drills that don't really have any point to it and then you go out and play a game and you might talk about things and they're just not you know joining everything up together like it seems Limerick have um, yeah I, look I, I think I think the coaches that I was lucky to have involved anyway um, they they weren't reporting uh, engaging in that Type of a practice or, or right. approach. You now, <laughs> of course, they could have been lying to me now, but I, I couldn't it's think a, that either. It's a long time, uh, a long time you know? since I've been in the game. I suppose I'm turning into an old, yeah. old man here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, I think probably those. I think, I, I, I think anyway that most coaches are uh, are probably educated uh, enough at the moment that they're seeing that you can have a, an integrated approach and they're, they're using a combined um, arsenal of activities really to uh, to include within sessions and I just don't I, I think even with the way the league structures are at the moment and the importance that league has taken in football as well especially for your um, you know division four three two counties like that um, uh, that you really can't afford not uh, not to be engaged in football practice really from um, from from the off. I think it's something that you know football needs to 
be included in it because you've got league games starting what is it the end of, end of January these days so you know yeah, it's a, I was reading that you were being asked there during the week about management and you said that if you went into management you'd have to sacrifice coaching and you obviously really like the coaching. Is it not something mm. that can be done? You can, can't double job. I know Jim McGuinness did it, obviously. He did, did a lot of the coaching himself, but that, that was 2011 and 12. Like, I mean, is that day even gone now five years later? Um, I, 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 can, I can only speak for myself, I suppose. Um, but I, I, I just see the amount of work that, that John um, puts in and, um, you know, my conversations with him on a daily basis would be frequent. And that's only one person that yeah. he has to deal with or, or, or one aspect. So, look, I, 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 I spend a lot of time, you know, from from a design point of view and uh, and an analysis point of view and all of that that uh, I just I, I don't know I, I think something would have to be sacrificed and anyway I, it's, it, I, the coaching side of things is, is really where uh, that um, I feel most passionate about and where I'm ha- where where I'm happiest anyway at the moment so I mean who's to say many years down the line what will happen but uh, definitely for now I'm, I'm quite content where I am Okay, so there's no management in the near future. Just quickly before I let you go, it must be very challenging to be making training different all the time. Like, I mean, you know, not just making it different, but relating what you're doing in training to what happened in the game. You know, like, I mean, how much time you have all day Monday and until training Tuesday before you get in the field, I presume, to, to design your training session? Yeah, well, look, we have great help in it you know, with, with the management team, and uh, as I said, the video man Sean McDonald uh, that's there as well uh, to assist me in it. Uh, well, so I, I don't think you you, you need to change. Um, um, it, it doesn't need to be a completely different uh, game each each week or, right. or session se- session plan. I think as long as you're really focusing in on the on the principles of your play and uh, and that that um, I, I think that that's that's quite um, quite quite achievable and and uh, effective. All right. Well, listen, Paul. I've taken up enough of your time, but it was two years I was waiting, so I got uh, over 20, 20 <laughs> minutes out of there. Thanks very much for taking a no call, Paul. No bother, Colin. Take it easy. Mind yourself. Let's chill the beans. There still is a lot of work to be done yet. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. But I tell you, give us a year, a year and a bit. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. Let's chill the beans. Beans. Let's chill the beans. Let's chill the beans. Beans. Let's chill the beans. There still is a lot of work to be done yet. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. But I tell you, give us a year, a year and a bit. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. Alright lads, county final time So we're in that time of the year So there's plenty of county finals this weekend It's not box office weekend of county finals But it's okay, it'll do us And this is kind of just I know the Dublin 
club semi-finals are next week and the Kerry club semi-finals so we're getting towards big semi-final final stage so that's what this we, weekend actually as well Mayo's so semi-finals next weekend, weekend this weekend coming this yeah. weekend right okay so who's in, who's in them Caspar uh, Bantober Bravey Balladrine Briefy Balladrine, right? Okay, yeah. so they're 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 two really big games. Then, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Caspar are strong favourites, but um, Bantober have been close enough to in the last couple of years. So I know they got Saturday night Mikel Bark. So right, okay. So that's something to look forward to in the county final stuff. The big hurling county finals. Um, Abbeyside play Ballygunner. That's the Waterford county final. That's in Fraher Field at half past three. Ballygunner going for five in a row. Abbeyside don't have any huge star names um, that I can see an under 21 or two so you'd imagine Ballygunner are big favourites there big uh, final in Offaly hurling is Cool Derry versus Cormacalahi Kill Cormacalahi in O'Connor Park at 4 o'clock so like I mean Kilkorma Kalahi are defending champions they've won seven of the, eight, the last eight county titles Cool Derry are the record title holder that's probably as big as it gets well outside of Burr St. Rhinus are good there as well but on the last evidence of the last maybe five years that's a, that's a really big game Leash Senior Hurling County Finals Camrus versus Rathowney Earl another really big one in Leash that's at four o'clock so both of these clubs Rathowney joined with Earl obviously um, they've both got 25 titles each which is a record that's Rathowney added to Earl's um, Camrys are the defending champions wait and you see this I was just looking at this so Rathowney won it in 2006 the last time Rathowney won it was 2014 the hammered Camrys so Camrys obviously going to have to um, have a little bit of revenge for that but Rathowney won it in, in 2006 they didn't get back to the final in 2007 then they won it in 2008 they didn't get back to the final in 2009 then they won it in 2010 <laughs> they didn't get back to the final in 2011 they won it in 2012 took a year off 2013 <laughs> 2014 um, they won it again and then they can get back to the final in 2015 so they're taking like we know Tyrone were a year on a year off <laughs> yeah. in the football this has taken the pace completely then they got back into the final in 2016 were beaten after a replay don't get to the final in 2017 and now they're back in the yeah. final in 2018 Rat are just there we'll take it easy one year we'll give it a push the next year Rat Earl so like I mean that's a huge game in Leach Hurling as well and in fairness Leach Hurling County Finals are generally pretty entertaining Mead Senior Hurling Championship Final uh, Kiltail versus Trim that's in Park Talton at half three on Sunday and the Roscommon Hurling Final at League versus Four Roads, can't say, and that's in At League, right? Okay, so that's a home venue for At League. So get at, get At League out of At League. That's what I <laughs> At League or nowhere. Uh, this is a joke. This At League, like that's it. That home support's worth two or three points straight away. So there's only two county football finals: Longford Championship Final, Abbey Lara versus Mulnahokta. That's in Pierce Park at four o'clock. Pretty high standard in Longford uh, senior football. I know when Portlaoise played them, they never get it their own way. So, like I mean, Portlaoise obviously a good uh, club team. Mulna Hockter are going for three in a row. So, Abby Lara have lost the last three finals. All lost each one of them by three points. So, big news for Abby Lara is that Robbie Smith, intercounty top-notch corner forward, he's out. So, like I mean he got injured in the quarter final back in the 19th of August so his, the manager has come out and told Shannon Side Sport that he's out 
So Sounds like, like I don't spring, yeah, Well I, that, Straight away I thought <laughs> He's in He's in I, I thought that was telling me Robbie's going to be back And they're yeah. playing silly beggars here So I'm not sure what Robbie Smith's injury is But the fact his manager is completely ruling him out the week of the game Is making me think here This is complete yeah. uh, mind games uh, in the lead up to it There's one change to the official match program <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Right but the, the match we want to concentrate on Is the Monaghan County Final Between Bally Bay and Scottstown That's in Clonus at 3.30 um, delighted to say that Ryan Wiley joins us on the line to help us look ahead to this one Ryan how's it going? Oh, all good all good Colin there oh, all good all good Kieran Hughes gave me your number and uh, he gave it to me there two days ago and he asked me to ask you who your man marking at the weekend there <laughs> I'll be on Kieran tell him <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get it out of I've plenty of I've plenty of Dorton, so I'll do. <laughs> Come here, so the, the, the main reason I'm ringing you is we're in club season and you have a huge county final this weekend. You've got the kind of unenviable task of stopping Scottstown going for four in a row. Um, yeah, it's 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 not going to be an easy task. Uh, last five years, I think we've come up against it now, and we've failed on every occasion. So. Um, it's going to be another tough one, but hopefully you get over the line and and give it give them a good rattle. But it's going to be another tough game, and uh, hopefully, hopefully we get the win. Yeah, because you won the county title in two thousand and twelve. I was looking at there, and you haven't been back to a final since. So just wondering why that why that is. I know it is a competitive um, championship. Uh, I'd love to know, Colin, because <laughs> twenty twelve, I, I was on the team when I was eighteen and. In my second year on it, the first year I got to the semi final, the second year I got to the final and won it and I was like, Jesus, this this is grand, it's gonna happen every year. I'm gonna I'm gonna like this uh, you know, championship football and then lost semi final the following year. So since that I think we lost five semi finals. We didn't make in twenty fifteen I think. So we lost semi finals, got we're getting consistently but just couldn't seem to get over that final hurdle. I don't know what we just thought it may be too easy to get back where we were and it just wasn't gonna be like that and I suppose we just met better teams on, on certain days like Scottsdale and Clintibbets and the Beatles but as I say when, when I was 18 2012 I thought I was going to win them every year but unfortunately that's not the case I quickly learned that Yeah it's it's a weird one the way it works out you mentioned you didn't make the semi-final in 2015 you went to three games with Clontibbert and ended up uh, losing the third game Kieran McManus's club Yeah yeah um, oh that was that was a tight battle in alright I took a lot out of both teams because they then did and subsequently lost the semi final as well. So I don't know if it if it had any bearing, but yeah, um, there's three tough battles in fairness. But yeah, because uh, the reason I mentioned that is because they were defending champions that year. They won it in 2014. So you've been right in the mix, you know. Like I mean, you've been. Yeah, uh, we haven't been far, we haven't been far away. And in fairness, I suppose a couple of semi finals and stuff. We had, might have got a bit of a trimming and stuff, but uh, by and large, we, we've. We've been there, there about. I wouldn't say we've been minimised away in the last couple of years. We won a few league titles, and I suppose the way the league is in Monaghan, that's sort of competitive enough. So, um, a club like Valley Bay, if we haven't maybe had much success, maybe a lot of clubs might snub it. But you know, with that much silverware, you're not gonna you're not gonna throw your eyes up at any anything that'll come away. So, I suppose it, it gives us an it gives us an eight in the, in, in the pub. So, 
not complaining at that. Yeah, well, that's true. Right, so I was looking through yeah. your team. Like, I mean, you have a, you have a good team. Like, you, you've got inter-county experience right throughout the team. You've got two Wileys on the full-back line. Now, that's not Drew and yourself. That's yourself and another brother, Brent. Uh, Brent, yeah. Drew, yeah. Drew is centre-back. And then you have Tom- uh, Thomas Carroll in midfield and Christopher McGuinness and Paul Finlay up front. So, like, I mean, you've got a nice balance yeah. of inter-county. And then there's, there's Desi Ward there as well. Oh, He's Desi Ward as well. So, yeah, yeah, so... And then uh, we, 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 we've a lot of players now have, te- have tested or tasted Kaisi sort of they've been there thereabouts and shows a bit of experience and a few new lads are coming in Colin Lennon there was on the 20s now yeah on the 20s so it's always a good mix but I suppose a, a lot of top teams in Mono I suppose we have that mix but um, yeah it's was, it was always a good solid team there and I suppose it sort of shows in the last couple of years they've been there thereabouts but it's just there's no point having all these players if we can't get the win and ultimately that's what it's all about. Yeah. Come here, is Brent younger or are we expecting another Wiley? No, he's in, he's in, no, he's in, between, in between myself and Drew. Right, okay. And then there's an, there's an older brother and sister but the older brother doesn't play at all. So. He doesn't at all, he's right? Bla- no, he does, he's the black sheep. <laughs> he, he's in the other room when you're talking about when you're talking about football. Because uh, the yeah. Pierce brothers, Bally, um, Bally Bass, or Jesus Christ, completely got a brain freeze. Yeah. Um, you won a county title in 1987, then didn't win it for another 25 years, which is interesting yeah. enough. But in that 25 years, the club disappeared down to junior football and then just built back up and we got got back senior just about the time when you would be coming up towards the senior level. I just started, yeah, yeah. So uh, there's a couple of players have the full the full lot that the junior, the intermediate, and the senior medal. So um, I don't know if that's a good stat or a bad stat. I will leave that up to yourself. But <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd say to prefer another uh, senior championship medal rather than maybe a, a junior or intermediate. But um, I suppose that's just where the club club was at, unfortunately, in the nineties. So they just maybe just a couple of runs runs uh, defeats and just couldn't shake it off and ended up down in junior, but. I suppose whoever whoever was there at the time fair play for keep keep keeping at it because I suppose you see teams some teams are down there at the minute and they might feel themselves they might be there to be in junior or intermediate but it just shows it's not easy to back out of them so thankfully I've been playing senior football since I've started so hopefully for the foreseeable future that's the way it's going to remain Yeah how's Paul Finlay playing by the way swinging him over at club level nah, I'm sure. he's, 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 good, he's a good man to have in your team that's all <laughs> he um, no, he, he he's deadly now. In fairness, uh, he's unbelievable. There's no other words to describe it. To be honest, um, you know, uh, a free twenty yard or 30, 30, 40 yards out either side, you can just nearly re- relax and sort of know that more than likely it's going to be go- you're going to be getting a score out of it. And even coming out of the fence there, um, he's he, he's nearly always an option, and you're you're just you're just very safe when when you know you're giving him the ball because. You know, there's going to be great use out of it, or he'll get a score himself, or he'll deliver himself. But someone's passed in the last couple of years, and points tie taken and goal taken has just been unbelievable. It's, it's to be honest, just pleasure to play with him. Yeah, no, definitely. Come here, looking back at Monaghan's year, uh, Ryan. How how do you look at it when you look back? Because you didn't win an Ulster, you didn't get to an All Ireland final, but you still had a really good year. So I'm just wondering what. Uh, yeah, it's it's just it's just one of those years that one one hour you think, but geez, that was a great year, and then. Yeah. You, you go, you go have a cup of tea, and then you start thinking about morning. Be fuck it. It, actually, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't a good year, but I, that's just the way. That, I, I don't really know what way. To be honest, I'm not. I'm not trying to avoid the question. It's just you, you look at the two spectrums. You know, we, we didn't win it, and then ultimately like, we got knocked out of Ulster. And we said here, 
we got back into Super 8s and we'll assess from there and when we got back to the Super 8s and we got through it and we were saying go on we'll give this a right go and unfortunately we um, thrown Bettis in the day and the shows they've been to a couple of semi-finals and just got one over maybe just a bit of juice and they didn't know how of how, just how to get over the line and maybe just a few bad calls on our part but um, unfortunately it wasn't a B but we'll be back but I suppose the Fermanagh game is very disappointing as well especially after a good win against Throne and just we we, we didn't sort of play to what we could and Fermanagh just stifled us and probably deserved to win in the day as well Yeah and the same thing happened last year against Down when Down were given no chance against you and it was maybe a little concentration thing which you kind of when you get over a, a good win Yeah I suppose it happened twice now so there definitely has been something there and I suppose we talk about oh we can't be complacent and all but maybe the more you talk about it the more it actually does seep into your head so I can't really put uh, put a finger point it because it's happened two years in a row and there's suppose no real excuse for it as you say just maybe concentration or something after a big win just wise in their own mindset maybe just sort of you know comfortable or something it's hard to know but I suppose we reacted well from that man defeat I suppose we didn't have the toughest of games in the qualifiers but it's still a good way to get back. Yeah, you got a lot. You got a you got a lovely little draw back in, and I'm including my own county yeah, leash in that one as well. Yeah. You, got, you couldn't. We, I think. We, we, we seen most of the country, but um, <laughs> it was it was it was a it was a decent draw. Yeah, it was a decent draw to put it to put yeah, it mildly. Yeah, put it mildly. Yeah. Come here, the down match last year weren't the Bally Bay lads in some uh, car crash or something on the way to that game? Oh. Was that was that a big thing made out of nothing or what? What was that? About? Uh, yeah, it's, it's screw it's screw legs. Um, no, there's just I was actually driving car and oh, it was it was harmless. To be honest, um, I think a couple of days after after there's nearly there's one's been airlifted now from the hospital. But uh, <laughs> no, it was just um, it was just a caught a bit of grass and into the, into the hedge, but there's no injuries or no damage or anything. So the cars or anybody else or anything like that. So it was just it was just a mad story made because it was just the car was in the way to the game and we just got a lift after that you know what I mean the car was being pulled out so okay. I see everybody seeing the car before <laughs> going to the game thinking I think there's all sorts of stories coming out so yeah I'd but no everyone is grand there's not there's nothing serious so you, know your, you know yourself how stories start ah no sure I know too well but I'd say the four of you look sweet standing on the side of the road in your gear and your bags <laughs> with the car being pulled ah, out ah no no it's <laughs> the flicker he came shortly after Okay, okay, that's not too bad. Come here, yeah, you, yeah. You, talking talking about your year. You have to admit, um, whether you want to be modest or not, you, you've had an unbelievable year yourself. And like, it's probably between yourself and Bon Gallagher for an all star. Like, you, you marked some of the best players in the game: Geeny, Lee Brennan, Ian Burke, Neil Flynn, and did well on all of them. So, like, I mean, you must be delighted with your own year. Yeah, uh, uh, so uh, yeah, I don't really like talking with myself, but um, I suppose yeah, I wasn't bad. Um, as you name some of the uh, players there, and probably going into some of the games, I probably wasn't supposed to be marking them. Just I had in my head to be marking somebody else, and it's probably the best way to be going into some of those games because I know against Guinea, I wasn't supposed to be on them at all. I think they made a late change or something. It just happened to be... Donaghy started, wasn't that it? Yeah, thank you. I wasn't going to mark Donaghy if you have to his way. So, um, <laughs> it just happened and it probably was maybe if I, but players like that, if you're... I know you look into videos now because players of Gainey's quality, like you, you could watch videos of them all day and you'd nearly be terrified going into the game whereas I'd sort of only seen clips of him and I knew how good he was and thankfully uh, I... 
I suppose we've done all right them, but um, just I don't know. I was just happy enough for the game because probably the previous year I wasn't sort of happy with my performance and a couple of league performances. Um, I wasn't too happy with so just between the league and the championship, I was sort of just knuckled down and just had a few games myself. But I can't really pinpoint it. <laughs> right? Yeah. But I it's, it's nice though. You know, you sort of when you play well, you can sort of relax that night and maybe just have a bottle or two and sort of. Relax. Yeah, well, your head, your conscience is clear that you've done your part. I suppose that's that's kind yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, but, um, go on. I just need, I just need to get off the other end. I try to get a score or something. That's, that's what I need to do now. But you have license for that, right? Sure, in Monaghan, any of you can go whenever you want. No, are you given? The, are you told you you're you're the main man marker and you can't? Oh no, no, there's a chance to go. I'm, I'm probably the, I'm probably the one that's that given out to that are not backing up. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, if there's there's no real. And like the way we have it, like there's no real, like we're not robots. You know what I mean? At the end, we've been told that quite clear. Like I think people think that with all these defences that everybody's a robot, but you just sort of play the game in front of your eyes. And you know, like there is going to be times. Like I remember marking some of those players, and you know, there, there's nobody in front of you. There could be 40 yards face. Oh, geez, I'm going to be trouble here. But you just have to man enough and say, here's the one-on-one battle here. And if they get the better of you fair and well or if I get the better so that's that's just life so yeah. Yeah, Malagy says that if a player if a man gets a score on you it's, it's no harm done you just have to get to the next ball so that's where I just like to maybe make an out parade off the field and see, see, what, see what's going on off that side yeah well you rattle him straight away because he has to follow you and then he's puffing and panting by the time you get back down so like I mean it's a tactic yeah. in, it's a tactic in itself attacking really yeah. if you never get the ball yeah well it's not <laughs> It's not sort of an own tactic. Um, I suppose you just sort of go up. And, I suppose if, if they follow me, it's just you're in danger. I suppose if they don't follow you. But the way it is, there's normally good understanding with ourselves about a good few have played together now for a while. So normally people will will drop in if somebody didn't drop back. But um, I suppose there's, there's no point being conservative too. Like um, just just time enough. You'll be long enough not playing to be sitting back and all that sort of. You may as well go and make a game of it yeah well that's true come here have you had time to look at these new proposals because these are going to completely change cornerbacks roles uh, and, uh, uh, to, to be honest um, I, I, I don't know I don't know where to go with some of them to be honest Colin right. um, they just seem a bit mad like I don't know is there anything wrong with the kick outs at the minute like or st- I, I don't know like I don't. I haven't really understood some of them but um, like the hand pass rules like three hand passes is just seen a video on Twitter the other day that Cara Finn goal from the club championship was it six or seven passes yeah. one of the best goals you see all year like I don't think these are the biggest problems maybe in the game at the minute but that's, obviously they have to go and try something new but some of them just seem I don't know if, like in club games like a referee one referee will come to a game they might not have an umpire with them never mind more linesmen how are they going to police it you know with the ball going into the 20 metres line and or kick outs like it's nearly going to be like another square ball oh I was in before the ball he was in before the ball went in and all this sort of nonsense so I think it's just going to be very hard police because there's no point trailing it into county level if they're not going to implement it at club level where where all the football is being played ah, like, yeah, it'll have to, play. yeah it'll have to you know what I mean it'll have so, to but would you be fair enough even if you while you don't agree with some of the proposals would you be of the side that think, thinks that some changes need to be made to reduce the amount of hand passing or would you think that it's you're happy enough with the way it's going um, yeah, I suppose the, the death, fair, like you know, fair play them stuff. Those have to me like the, I suppose like the mark 
Brew in midfield that's been a huge success whereas people probably at the start said oh no there's no need for that so yeah. Rogers is something and there's a game in Derry there there's a huge criticism there recently so obviously when you see something like that there there has to be something about it but there has to be so many people left up for or something but to be honest I haven't sort of sat down myself and sort of thought through what needs to be done here like because uh, yeah, you probably agree with yourself with Manning this year. We've been probably involved in a few crackers and um, with Throne twice, and even that Kerry game was a right yeah. game. And I thought that even that Galway game, I know both teams, ball, we played defensively, but I thought that there was some good attack and play on show, uh, on show as well, even though there was defensive. So I don't think it's as bad as people are making out. Look, everyone's mad to just drive their nail into, into Gaelic at the minute because Gaelic or Horland's driving so much but there's no point coming out with maybe five or six changes and changing the game completely within a year like maybe I, I just thought five is it five proposals to come out with? Five yeah I know they're not all passed through well, hopefully not but um, I just think it's all a bit too much maybe at one go Come here I was looking through let's see Drew's uh, Twitter his Twitter is a bit like John Heslin so he's an out and out farmer likes to take a few pictures yeah, of cows I, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think it's as bad as John <laughs> no no he's not on his level but uh, he's not John's getting a bit of slag in there but, but uh, <laughs> yeah he does a wee bit we all do a wee bit but um, Drew, Drew just myself and Brent and Kyle were, and we're all in Dublin so Drew just get home the full time so he walks to DSB and then um, He's full time with DSB and then part time farming in the evening. So ah, okay, he's so from, it's the, he's crack. He's, that, he's some good followers there, now, but <laughs> you don't see the half. Is that the family farm, or do you, do you all yeah, have yeah, 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 family farm. Um, dad's farm, so he he walks as well as part time as well. But no, it's it's good out of distraction now. Now before games and stuff. Say if you're playing for Sunday, you go up and do a small Saturday. If Drew was on here, he'd probably say I don't do too much. But <laughs> I, I I do I do my share. But no, it's uh, Drew, Drew, I'd say that that would probably be Drew's gym work. To be honest, uh, really, the, the I, would, farm. I wouldn't yeah. think Drew needs much much uh, gym work. Yeah, He's just a big man. More, whatever strength you see, Drew is more brooding than anything. <laughs> Come here, but you're a radiographer. Um, you're in the matter, are you? Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. I was actually reading a quote from you. I thought it was a good one. You were saying the Monday after a game you go into work or maybe it's the Tuesday by the time you go in you might take you won't be working this no, Monday. Wednesday maybe. You won't be working this Monday, I'm <laughs> sure. But you say win or lose, there's always somebody in a worse position than me and you look at them and there's no point in worrying about the game too much. And I suppose when you work in a hospital that's a kind of a, a nice perspective to have on it. Yeah, I suppose well I suppose I wouldn't be overly frontline as maybe some of the doctors and nurses but sort of see some bad cases but yeah obviously um, football at, at, when you're stuck in the middle of it is the be all and end all but I suppose just when you when you take a step back you just have to realise that there probably is going to be people worse off than you but as I say I'm not in the mad front line of it, so I'd say people see a lot worse than me but it's good to nearly just to keep just have something to keep the grounded if you know what I mean because um, just to be doing something you know what I mean keeping your he- head sort of taking over and you know if, I, I think you, you'd have your head demented if you're just laying at home all day yeah no exactly right but listen come here um, I was actually reading Bally Bay it's not the biggest town in the world but it has 22 pubs so I'm sure you'll be doing a bit of a crawl on Monday oh, no, it's, it's, <laughs> unfortunately unfortunately it's half now oh they're gone the recession yeah yeah you're, you're um, 
whatever art he ran unfortunately it's, it's, a, it's a bit old now that would that would have been a good pub crawl at Christmas now 22 pubs <laughs> 22 pubs of uh, Christmas I think it's 10 or 11 now so it's, it's, it's still it's still a hefty number for for a small town but um, I'd say, say uh, either way on, on Monday I'd say we'll give them, we'll give them all a good lash yeah, well, listen. Ho- 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 hopefully with a cup uh, exactly hopefully with a cup I won't, I'll be saying the same thing to Kieran Hughes so I'm playing both sides here so um, <laughs> Kavir Ryan we'll thanks, for, thanks very much for taking the call and best of luck in the final dead on, dead on cheers thanks very much great stuff from Ryan there that's all we've time for this week we'll be back on Monday as usual with a review show of all the club action at the weekend right good luck When I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are. And uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the brakes when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today. Because like, I'm, I'm heartbroken. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com.